Whew. Well, welcome back, everybody. Here we are. It's Monday. It's Monday. Below Average Joe's UFC Podcast, Episode 7. It's time for another recap. Recap of the UFC Vegas 7. Spice. Yep, yep. So, uh, my, so name's, my name's Noah. My name's Dominic. And uh, how was the weekend, Dom? It was good. And as we anticipated, on our preview show Friday, we were blessed with some incredible fights this weekend. You are correct. Probably not in a way that we thought. Also true. Um, if you watched our breakdown of Saturday's fights, uh, thank you, first off. Um, but secondly, sorry for wasting your time. <laughs> because two of the five fights that we talked about, one, where I delved into an entire 20-minute story about the Yakuza and their and, stronghold and, in Japan. And Asian mixed martial arts yes. and pride and everything. Uh, that guy dropped out of the fight yeah, he didn't 24 fight. hours later. Yeah, yeah. He said, I don't want to be the Asian market guy. Yeah. Goodbye. Shout out us for hyping him up so much. Takashi Sato, you're dead to me. Oh. <laughs> That's a little much. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Uh, Anyways. OSP would have destroyed um, Whoa. boy. Whoa. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> so I'm just kidding. All right, but All yes, right. that's the second fight that also right. fell through. In case you didn't watch, I'm just going to break down the uh, results for you here. Our main event was saw bantamweight action as Frankie Edgar, in his in his first fight at bantamweight, picked up the split decision victory over Pedro Munoz, who was number five going into this fight. Our co-main was the light heavyweight fight between Mike Rodriguez and. Marcin Procnio. This was the fight that we had mentioned as like a loser leaves the brand. Yep. Uh, third fight of the night. This is uh, one that got bumped from the prelims to the main card because of OSP. Uh, and Menafield. Yeah, yeah, Menafield. I keep Chop. forgetting his name. OSP tested positive for COVID. Yeah, so, so. Uh, hope the best for him there. But. And hopefully a quick turnaround in September, yeah, I would agree. I, I guess that's when it's rebooked. But uh, this fight ended up being Joe Selecki. Getting the rear naked choke on Austin Hubbard. Forgot to mention that the co-main ended with a KO from elbow. That nice elbow Brutal and then elbow. some punches on the ground. Um, women's flyweight action. Oh, now I'm now I'm sensing the egg on my face as uh, Shayna Dobson. Yeah, yeah. Plus 800 up, underdog. Picks up the underdog win over Maria Agapova. Biggest upset in UFC since Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, if you go by... The actual betting, betting odds. odds. Yeah. Kind of uh, a big deal. Yeah. So that was a second round TKO. And then uh, we started our night off with welterweight action as Daniel Rodriguez, who was scheduled to fight Takashi Sato, yep. ends up fighting Dwight Grant and gets the knockout in two minutes and 24 seconds. A fight that Dwight Grant uh, early on hurt. Uh, yeah, that Rodriguez. was wild. So that was a good fight. but A five fight main card. Four finishes and yep. one incredible five-round war main event. Agreed, and uh, we'll Can't get more. We'll get that. more into that later on, but we're going to start with the news. The news, and it's a uh, it's, it's quite a bit smaller this week compared to some of our last couple episodes. <laughs> I would hope so. It's yeah. only been a couple days, but it's very important. They news. just keep coming. The news is very important. Though. Oh, it's important. Yeah, tell them why. <laughs> Well, we're going to start. Our first story is uh, going to be a bit of a somber one. Uh, we were on these. a roll with you some hate good these, news. Right? You hate these. Uh, our August 29th card, which is uh, next Saturday. Uh, originally, one of the um, main fights of that card was Ryan Hall. Kind of a uh, an uh, exciting, like, I guess you'd call him jiu-jitsu practitioner. Yeah. Um, he was set to fight Ricardo Lamas. Who's a vet guy who's fought the who's who? We've talked about him in the Max Holloway fight where yeah. they point at the ground and just start slinging leather at each other. Yep. But Ryan Hall in that fight's been officially scrapped. Yes. Ryan Hall is out of that fight. Um. So yeah, Dom, give us give us your thoughts. Hopefully, what did they say? What the injury was? No, they didn't. I think it was okay. undisclosed. They did mention it being an injury and not yeah. COVID related. So hopefully, it's nothing too serious to where. Uh, he can get back into action sooner than later. You mentioned before we started recording, he's had three fights in the last four years. Is that what you said? 
Yep. So definitely not active. And for a guy that's a stud and like super good and a prospect for that division, this is featherweight if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. 145. Um, that's disappointing. So hopefully it's nothing serious. <laughs> Maybe they can rebook it by the end of the year. And also just to see Ricardo uh, Lamas fight again would be great. So I, are they looking at a replacement fighter, I wonder, for him? Um, I haven't heard anything. That'd be tough on a week's notice. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine that, um, you know, that that'll be very doable. But you never know. I mean, they do have some – they did have some time because technically this, this was official uh, – I want to say it was after we recorded Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, so. it's a, it would have been a good fight. Uh, I think there would have been some good uh, breakdowns we could have had about it because it's really a striker versus jiu-jitsu practitioner. So yeah. it would have been fun. Unfortunately, scrapped. Uh, but, again, hopefully all the best for Ryan Hall and that it gets uh, rebooked as soon as possible or they can just get fights in general. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, this is the second straight time this fight has been canceled. It was scheduled to... It was booked back in May. Um, got canceled in May. So, overall, this fight's just uh, not been able to happen. I hope it does. Uh, unfortunately for Ryan Hall, man, he's, he's, on, a, he's on a bit of a... He's on a he's got, he's, his clock is running, running yeah. down here. Yeah. He's 35. And, yeah, he was a Ultimate Fighter season winner. A guy that a lot of people really like due to his ground game like the submissions like very exciting super technical yeah probably one of the best maybe the best submission guy in the entire ufc yeah him and like osp like we talked about like those yeah, guys Damian like, Maya, like, yeah oh yeah those are like guys on another level right but um yeah it's just he's only three literally it's funny as we call him a prospect and ricardo lamas uh a vet yeah know, ryan hall is only three years younger than Ricardo Lamas. So Lamas is 38? He's 38. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, Ryan He's Hall been fighting a long time. Now, though, Ryan Hall yeah. has not fought that many times. He's yeah. only 8 and 1, I believe, in his professional career. Um, but, yeah, you just kind of hate to see it because he's a guy that, like, I feel like could really make some noise. But it just seems like injuries and fight cancellations yeah. have just held him back. Um, and he just, I don't know, I, I haven't seen a lot of urgency out of him to stay active. I mean, yeah. Sure, he's had injury problems and stuff, but three times in four years was not only because he was injured or a fight got canceled. It's A lot of it's just him not being very active. Exactly. Um, but hopefully it gets rebooked. I believe it has been for September. Um, hopefully this time it actually goes through. Um, any other final thoughts before we move on? Yeah, again, just hope all the best for him. Hopefully it's nothing serious and ideally by the end of the year. That's a number 13 ranked guy in the division, yeah, Ryan well, Hall. Right now I so, believe it's September that they're rebooked for. Awesome. I could be wrong, but I'm just... Yeah, so hopefully we get to see it. Yep. Moving on from there, some big middleweight news came out. Mm-hmm. It's been um, confirmed, I believe, that on December 6th, the headliner... 5th, 6th. 5th? 6th? 6th? Yeah. December 6th. The headliner Woo! for that fight night. He's already back. Forget Jack Hermanson Come fighting on. Darren the Gorilla Till. Oh, man. Dom, tell the people. Till most recently fought, but they both have just fought within the last month, if I'm not mistaken. Hermanson maybe both, a little over a month ago. I mean, they were both on the same card, weren't they? Yeah. Was that a month? That's well, not no, even no, been no. a month, has no, it? that wasn't the same card. I'm a liar. Close together, though. Yeah, it was like a week apart. And uh, so Hermanson came off a super quick, less than a minute, if I'm not mistaken, heel hook on uh, Kelvin Gastelum, made Kelvin look like he didn't even belong in the octagon. So that was shocking. Uh, and then Till, just coming off that five-round war with Robert Whitaker, an incredible technical war. technical striking war, which really, what else did we expect out of those two? Uh, Darren Till always just brings yeah. that. I mean, you, uh, one of the most underrated fights, in my opinion, is him versus Wonderboy Thompson. Mm-hmm. A fight Super that a, a, a lot of people were, were soured on that fight because they thought Wonderboy won. Yeah. And also they thought it was boring. Yeah. And I disagree with both of those. Technical striking wars, you're just like awaiting that one shot that's going to change the whole fight. That, Darren Till. And they're so intelligent. See, with Robert Whitaker and Darren Till, I love both of those guys. Yeah. So I didn't have a dog in the fight. I wanted to see them both do well, which is a hard thing to ask for in a yeah. fight. But... um. Really, like, I was just sitting there on the edge of my seat, just like, 
I was just awaiting with like, in, like uh, my hands were getting moves, sweaty. I was like, like, oh my god, like what? One of these guys is gonna unload something. Like, which one's gonna slip up first? Right. And really, even a uh, Whitaker got the decision. It was Whitaker was the one that slipped first. Yeah. And Darren Till nailed him. Yeah. Had him wobbled for quite, for a minute or so, but um, Whitaker came back. Man, that was probably the most um, reserved performance we've seen from the he Reaper looks like in a, a while. I mean, he's been a great striker, but there was something about it like he just leveled up yeah. in that fight. It just, to me, it looked like he had a newfound patience. Yeah. You look at those Yoel Romero fights, and the reasons why they became these like classic all-time fights was because Whitaker did, like, knew, like, he was like, I want to hurt Yoel. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, I have to take some of his best shots to in order to get to him. Yeah. And you saw, like, in those oh, later he, rounds of that second fight, especially, yeah. he was nearly finished. Possibly you a could 10, argue Yoel round. won, yeah. Possibly a ten eight round, yeah. So um, I think it was smart for him for his longevity, yeah. Because you see, coming off that fight, he goes up against Adesanya and after more than a year off, clocked. and he got embarrassed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not that losing to Adesanya is an embarrassment; it's just right. when you're the champ. It was in, um, oh, it was in Australia. Yeah, biggest crowd ever. Biggest crowd ever in UFC history, and he just, man, he just wasn't really there. He was there, but he wasn't. It was yeah. like uh, it was kind of sad to see. But so um, he took some time, yeah. and I you could really tell like that added patience with the power that he still possesses. Yeah, he's dangerous. This is also a guy that's it's crazy to think about this. He's young. He's like twenty eight. Yeah, he's still really young, which is just wild. Like yeah. Israel Adesanya is older than Whitaker. I know that's crazy. So yeah, this dude is on a tear. But in that fight against Darren Till, he basically dismantled Till's leg with that oblique kick. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so Till, of course, after the fight said, yeah, I did the same thing to Wonderboy, and now I definitely think these kicks should be illegal <laughs> Yeah, because uh, Robert injured his leg pretty good. But apparently it's nothing too serious. He didn't have to have surgery or anything. I mean, they're fighting in December. Yeah, so, so he's mean, in a cast right now, but I think uh, it's only like six weeks. Or a brace, I should say. Okay. But I think it's like a six-week recovery, yeah. and then he can start training again. Yeah, you got to think it's probably a good idea for this fight to be in towards the end of the year. Yeah. Because Jack or Manson could probably go tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You, he, know, you see how fine he was. He's coming off a fresh training Literally camp. Literally, that was, fight was a, around a minute. Yeah. It was easy. He, he didn't took even no damage. get hit with anything. Yeah. He just got on the ground and. Hermanson's good, man. I feel he like is. it's a guy that's slept on a little bit. He's definitely overlooked. Um, his one real loss that I can think of in the UFC was against Cannoneer. Yeah. Who is right fighting now, Robert Whitaker, Whitaker for probably the number one contender shot for mm-hmm. that middleweight belt. Um, he's real good, man. I I definitely don't know if he will win this fight just because Darren Till's just got such a technical striking so with jack he's kind of like a balanced fighter you know he can strike he can grapple but with what he just did to kelvin and kelvin's obviously known for striking do you foresee him potentially taking this to the ground with till or wanting to i could see him wanting to but outside of tyron woodley i've yet to see someone successfully put wonder or put uh, Till Till's a big guy. Because if you look at that Woodley fight, it's hard to tell how uh, good his ground game is because he was hurt really bad yeah. and got put on the ground, and Woodley just did whatever he wanted, basically. So you, you might watch it and go, well, his ground game must be pretty weak. But we really don't know. We haven't yeah. seen it. I definitely think he, he doesn't want to be there for a reason. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll see if, I mean, Jack, I'm assuming, is going to be a slightly bigger guy. He looks bigger. Is that is that wrong to say? I don't, when that's I say a bigger, good question. When I say bigger, I mean, like, bulkier, wider. He probably is a little wider, like, from the Darren's back, Darren's probably guess. taller. Darren's real tall. He has, like, thick legs. Might have a longer reach. Yeah. Um, I think I, it's I don't very know the, interesting. I don't know the exact numbers on it, but they're, um, so, Hermanson could really try to clinch him up and... But that's a dangerous guy to try to clinch yeah, with. Yeah, man. He's you just you try to you try to reach for him, and all of a sudden he's you're gonna counter. You you're somehow. gonna get hit with the counter. Yeah. And he's got and Darren Till has some power as yeah. well. Yeah. So uh, he's a dangerous guy. It'll be a really fun fight. Great main event for that fight night. Yeah, that's a really fun fight. It seems forever away, but it'll be here in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Shout out to the UFC for um, 
making it happen so far in advance. Yeah. They're really trying to hit the rest of this year. Well, I mean, if we're segueing into the next bullet, <laughs> yeah, this, uh, so. this next fight's also in December. Yeah. We got potentially our main event for UFC 256, which is the last uh, pay-per-view of the year. I would assume that it won't be. I'm, I'm going out on a limb and saying this is the co-main to Stipe and Ganu, too. <laughs> yeah, we don't know yet. As of now, it's one of the first fights booked for yeah, UFC the whole 256. Month. Um, it's Amanda Nunes. The Lioness. The Lioness, the champ champ. She's back. She's defending the featherweight strap again. Yep. Against uh, Megan the, Anderson. The only featherweight fighter left to yeah. defend against. Yeah, and I'm and I'm glad that this is the fight that's happening. Yep. Even though we can sit here and make fun of the featherweight divi- women's featherweight division for their lack of rankings and just not really having a lot of contenders yeah. um, compared to uh, Bantamweight. With Bantamweight, though, like there's really nobody there right now that I could see challenging her for the title. No, I don't think there's that clear-cut number one. There's not a clear-cut person so, that deserves a shot. So with her doing the featherweight belt again in four months, it yeah. gives time for the Bantamweights to play out more. We've got like Holly Holmes fighting soon against Aldana, and Aldana's an up-and-coming prospect. So there's time for the Bantamweight to play out, and basically Amanda gets to take out the only other fighter at featherweight. Yeah. So yeah, it, it works out. Yeah, for so both divisions. Megan Anderson out between the two divisions. Megan Anderson is definitely the clear cut. Like, oh yeah, num- the, the person. She's literally like the only one left that Amanda needs to fight. Right, one forty five. So, uh, what do you think of this fight overall, though? You know, I'm not going to pick against Amanda. Right. Obviously, we're not making predictions for it right now. We're just you know saying it got announced. But this intrigues me a little bit. If, if for anybody who's listening that doesn't know, Megan Anderson is like six foot one, six foot two, big. super long legs, very big, very strong. Um, and she can strike, but she she's known to get a couple submissions. So I'm wondering, like, what does she want to do with Amanda here? Because like. Do you really want to strike with Amanda? Like, no one wants to strike with yeah, Amanda. Yeah, you wouldn't think so, right? But do you really want to be on the ground with Amanda? Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't to... think so, right? So, like, as good as Megan is, I... Amanda is known as the female goat for a reason. Playing yeah, I mean, I'll put it like this. Um, the Felicia Spencer fight with Nunez, Nunez was never really in any danger. I mean, yeah. Felicia put on, she put on a good fight. Got hit with some shots yeah. and, and survived it all. Uh, got it to a decision. Um, but I look at that defense before that fight against Jermaine Durandamy. That was at Bantamweight. Yes. Where there were times where Amanda looked slightly uncomfortable with JDR on the feet. Yeah. We're talking like, a world-class Muay Thai striker. Yeah, a very powerful striker yeah. at that. Like yeah. someone who has literally fought men and knocked them out. Yeah. You yeah. can find that video online. So... Um, Amanda ended up just like JDR had no takedown defense no, whatsoever and got destroyed on the ground. Yeah. So, this presents a unique challenge for someone like Megan Anderson, yeah. who's more of a ground fighter than a stand up fighter. Yeah, so, but like, you can't just go on the ground with Amanda and think you're gonna win. <laughs> that's what that's I mean. how good she is. Like, you would think, okay, well. Maybe the key is to like keep her standing and like try to like throw powerful shots, like have some power in your shots, like make her uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. she seems like, at least in that JDR fight, she'll think she was a lot more comfortable on the ground. And, yeah. Which is crazy because I always thought of her as being a stand up yeah. kind of fighter. But it's it's really hard. It's going to be very hard for Megan Anderson to win this yeah. fight. Amanda is that good. She's literally It's just, no knock to any of these females that she fights. It, She's just that She good. is She great. is better every fight. She is the best everywhere the fight goes. Yeah, it's crazy. I But I'm excited. I'm excited for the fight. Though. I'm excited for the fight though. I'm waiting as much as I love Amanda Nunes and never want to see her lose. There's always that chance. Like you yeah. always go into it and you're like, maybe this will be the person. It's it's MMA at the end of the day. Yeah. Anybody can Anything land that can one happen. punch. So it's always exciting when these fighters get on big win streaks and you you kinda tune in just to be like, Will they lose this time? Yeah. You know, I think of fights like uh, I mean nobody thought Chris Weidman was gonna beat Anderson Silva. Exactly. Nobody thought well I mean I've even though John Jones technically didn't lose, yeah, 
you've had like you know I mean I remember even going into that Anthony Smith fight a fight that he ended up that John ended up dominating, dominating yeah I was like we were excited I remember like, to see Anthony because like he was on a really, knockout spree at that and point. then I remember after that fight I'm like okay Tiago Santos ain't gonna stand a chance but then he looked great in our opinion wins the fight yeah. on one leg but so then I yeah. go into the Dominic Reyes fight and I'm like will this be the guy yeah and I was like, it is the it guy. It is the guy. And then the judges went, psych. <laughs> exactly. Um, but point being, there, yeah, is a, exactly. there is a level of excitement just because no matter how much you love the champion, you're always like, will this be the person to dethrone them? Well, yeah, like Volkanovski beating Max Holloway. I didn't you see know? that like, coming. Yeah, so you'd never know. Yeah. But I uh, can't wait for that. Can't wait to see what fights will be added to that card because mm. UFC usually loves to stack that end of the year card. Mm. I'm hoping for two more title fights. Ngannou and Stipe too. Main Ngannou event. And Stipe too. I'm calling it. Maybe Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling as well. Man, don't, like that. I don't even need two <laughs> other fights. Yeah. So overall, very exciting time. I mean, you'll we'll be giving you guys updates as they come with that card. But this the is last the one. most exciting. I'm about to stand up. I'm about to jump up and down as you say this. Now, hold on. I want you to contain yourself. I'm trying. All right. So, I was listening to Dana White's uh, post-fight press conference last night, or Saturday night, I should say. Um, and it was very interesting because someone uh, mentioned, one of the reporters asked a question about Tony Ferguson. Hmm. <laughs> El Kakui, the boogeyman. <laughs> we have not seen him since he fought Gaethje in a fight. He kind of got dismantled a little bit. Great fight, but yeah. he got beat up. Later rounds were tough. Yeah, so we have not even heard about a Tony Ferguson fight in a while because you know he's got to be recovering. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and Don't Dana, say and Dana it. goes. <laughs> Dana goes. Well, we already have a fight in mind for Ferguson, and they, the reporter asks. Can I take a guess? Can I take a guess who? He goes, yeah. He goes, Dustin Poirier. He <gasps> goes, yep. <sighs> we need. I just got chills. El Kakui versus El Diamante. I just got chills. Dom. Listen. Tell the viewers why this fight is so big. This would be the most violent fight in UFC history, and I won't be convinced otherwise. <laughs> I genuinely feel this could be one of the greatest fights that we ever get to witness. And it's for the number one contender shot at the end of the day. And like we mentioned last week on one of our episodes, it's the fight that makes the most sense for both guys. Yeah, it really does. So sign the damn contract and announce it. Oh, my. Okay. You take over for a second. All right. All right. I got to take a break. Um, yeah, overall, Tony versus Dustin is a fight that has not happened. Oh. But they're literally two of the top five guys in that entire division. I believe they are number two and three, two and respectively. Three, yeah. Um, so, this fight's huge, man. You know, you got on one end Dustin Poirier, a guy who fought for the title. He won the interim lightweight belt, and then he fights Habib, who's the undisputed champion, kind of gets dominated in that fight outside of a brief moment yeah. where he he had a... a very, um, very tight a guillotine. guillotine choke. And if he had just pulled guard, he might have won that fight, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. But after that, I believe his next fight was Dan Hooker, wasn't it? Yes, that just recently yeah, happened. The one against Dan Hooker that just happened probably like a month and a half ago or so. An amazing fight. A war. Five-round main event. War. And Dustin came out on top. Clearly came out on top. Yeah. Took some damage, but he looked Those later rounds, he really showed that heart that he always has possessed. Yeah. So coming off that win, you know, Hooker's like number six in the division, I believe, right now. Um, We talked on Friday's episode about how Dustin, at least I was saying that I thought Dustin might be in kind of an awkward spot. Because uh, we had been talking about Michael, Michael Chandler, Chandler yeah. who had mentioned wanting to fight, to fight Dustin, Dustin or hinted toward it, and you said that you didn't think that he should do that. And I, I get, you know, I get your point of view there. It was just I was looking at it like, well, I didn't know when Tony would be able to fight. Yeah. And I'm like, 
who else is there? Connor's not going to be fighting in 2020. And I'm like, I don't think he wants to wait for <laughs> the loser of mm-hmm. Habib and Gaethje or whatever. So I felt like he was in a very awkward spot. But, man, they uh, Tony is a – what a machine. He, that man, like, you look at when he tore his uh, ACL or MCL, whichever it was, when he – the whole cable incident yeah. at Fox. Um, he was back insanely It was an injury. Soon. So, for those of you that don't know, because yeah. I kind of just brushed over. Yeah, yeah. Someone at home might be like, what? Yeah. He, <laughs> he uh, did what? Tony likes to wear sunglasses inside. <laughs> And he tripped over a wire. He, this so is he was, like he real. was set to fight Habib for the lightweight belt for the sixteenth time. This was literally, <laughs> this fight has been booked every year <laughs> since two thousand. <laughs> literally, yeah. though, like five or six times, legitimately, it's been booked, and it's never happened. I think five times. Yeah. So there are people who have been born, have lived full lives, and passed away in the time since. The first time this fight was booked, and yeah. the most recent. Yeah. So, that fight was booked, I believe it was like the third or fourth time. We're literally fight week. Tony goes... It's, to, we got all the way to fight week. Tony does a interview at Fox Sports for one of their shows. He's walking backstage. Maybe doing some Tony Ferguson shit. Yeah, probably dancing. <laughs> well, there's a cable there. Yeah. He trips. We're talking the big, thick, like television production set cable. Yeah. It's not just a little, yeah. you know, a little charging cord he for your phone. He trips and tears his MCL. Yeah. It was a very bad They said injury. he's going to be out 12 to 15 months. Yeah. He was back in six. Yeah. And won in dominant fashion Against when he came back. Anthony Pettis. An yeah. awesome fight. Yeah. That man's unreal. He's made so of I don't steel. know why I should he, never... He kicks telephone poles. I should never... For training. I should never have doubted that that man's recovery would be just impeccable. He's not human. Right? But, yeah, overall this fight is huge. I don't know if it's necessarily the number one contender fight just because, um, you know, I feel like the loser of Habib Dustin could also, or Habib Justin, excuse me, could potentially be the next fight. A lot of it depends, man. Depends on if Habib wins. Like, is he going to go on to buy the fight GSP? Will it be for the belt? Will he be relinquishing the belt and moving up to 170 or at catchweight, whatever? There's a lot unknown, but it's very exciting just uh, that this division continues to be one of the best that the UFC has to offer, if not the best. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I can't wait. I want this fight on... Actually, I want this fight co-maining Habib and Justin in October. Yeah, if they can, and that way it's two months out, and that's a good, and that's probably what'll happen. They've been training. Think both about of them. if one of the two main exactly. falls so you're, out, you're covering your ass if someone falls out of the championship fight, right? And if not, <laughs> you have a co-main <laughs> with freaking Tony Ferguson and Dustin Poirier. Yeah, dude, it, it's gonna be a really good fight. You know that. They both these guys do not have boring fights. It's not possible. And this would wait. be one of the if it goes five rounds. This would be. I think we're, I think we're struggling to put our sentences together. So we'll leave it there. I think. <laughs> Violence, man. More updates to come. Hopefully, we get that confirmation. Violence. <laughs> Hopefully, we get that confirmation here soon. Yeah. And maybe what card it'll be on, and that way we can talk more about it then. But for now, that looks like it's the fight. Can't wait to see it. Agreed? I just got chills again. Agreed? Agreed. All right. Violence. And that's the end of the news. That's the end of the news. So. We got a card to recap. Yeah, moving on from there. UFC Vegas 7. (laughs) God. You good? UFC Vegas 7. God damn, it's about choked on something right there. UFC Vegas Seven. Recap. At the UFC Apex Center. Las Vegas. Nevada. Hence, you know, the name UFC Vegas. (laughs) All right, get it. Bring up a fight. Let's go. um, We go on uh, top to bottom, right? We'll start start at the first fight of the night. First fight of the night, okay. Welterweight action, Daniel Rodriguez against Dwight Grant. Um, What are your thoughts? I see you got the notepad here. The notepad. Well, you know, as we mentioned when we first started, 
five fights last night. Four of them were finishes. Right. So I didn't have too many notes to take because the damn fights were ending so quickly. <laughs> so I'm over here scribbling words into my notepad. But this fight was amazing. Uh, do you want to tell the people what this first line says here underneath this fight? It just says, holy crap, in all caps. Yeah, so uh, Dwight Grant, again, this, was, this guy was going to be on the prelims. His fight got yeah. canceled, yep. so... He uh, took place of Takashi Sato, who we mentioned in the uh, preview episode, to fight Daniel Rodriguez. So, long story short, because this fight only lasted 2 minutes and 24 seconds. Dwight Grant and Daniel Rodriguez, a striking battle, to say the least. Grant knocks down Rodriguez, pounces on him, fires off big-time shots. Rodriguez survives. Gets back up. Mm -hmm. Then, they start trading shots again. Rodriguez Boom! Flattens Grant. Yeah. Jumps on him for the ground and pound. See, it wouldn't want to be you. Yeah, that, this fight was pretty nuts. Amazing. <laughs> there were all, even in the prelims, I know we don't cover these, but uh, that Tom, one guy. Trevin Jones. Yeah, Trevin Jones. Probably comeback of the year. I just want to mention it really he quick. He fought Timur Valeu. Yeah, so a prelim fight, we didn't touch on it a lot. We're not going to touch very on it a first, lot here. Very first fight of the whole very night. Very first fight of the night. Trevin Jones gets absolutely dominated in the first round brutally beaten to where the fight probably could have been stopped. Getting hit in the body over and over and over and over. Goes back to the uh, corner. Second round starts. He shocks the world. This was a night of comebacks. I think that's a good way to put it. Unbelievable. You look, and at, you look at that first fight, which I know we tend to stick with the main card, but yeah. what a way to start it off. Yeah. Because um, we do watch all of them. We yeah. watch the prelims as well, but we just tend to keep it just about the main card as yeah. far as breakdowns or else we'd be here all night. Yeah. Now... You look at that Rodriguez-Grant fight, that was a comeback. Yeah. Rodriguez was hurt. Yeah, oh, he was very hurt. You could have stopped the fight. That left hand, that he, that over, I think it was an overhand left, <laughs> that dropped him, wow. I literally... That shot, like, man, Grant folded like a sack of potatoes, I, bro. I put, Dan drops Grant, they trade blows, then boom. <laughs> yeah. He clocked him, put him yeah. to sleep. And then you even look at the main event, which we'll get to later, but that was pretty much a comeback for Frankie, if you really look at it. Yeah, as an overall. Which I know just, we'll get more into it that yeah. later, but um, overall, like, that was my takeaway, was like, there's a lot of comebacks, and you yeah. always like to see that, right? You like to see these back, you don't want to see guys just get dominated. Yeah. You want to see guys be competitive and whatnot. And we called this on Friday, man. We told people not to sleep on these fights. And yeah. look at the card we got. Last and at time. first, I was a little nervous that that might blow up in our face. Yeah. Because we have to keep in well, mind. Well, yeah, two when these of, fights are getting canceled. Two of the five cards that we broke, or fights that we broke down, got scrapped. Yeah. One completely. And then one. And then one, you had Daniel had a, Rodriguez, yeah. you got to say, but Takashi Sato was, yeah. out. Um,. Dwight Grant on the prelims, his opponent falls out. Shout so he out gets Dwight Grant and Daniel yeah. for being game to just fight whoever. Yeah. And they Literally both, one and really, day's notice, like, no I know, training. I know Grant getting knocked out in two minutes, he's probably disappointed. And But he looked great, He too. looked good, man. He's 35. Um, Daniel Rodriguez is 33. Yeah, those guys are tough as hell. I believe at the post-fight press conference, Dana, or someone asked Dana about maybe getting uh, Rodriguez like a top 15. And um, he said, we'd have to look, he said maybe, he said because he is 33. Like, yeah. It's not like he has a a ton of time left that mm -hmm. you know he's kind of like right now is like the end of his peak yeah so now would be the time but i mean his record's impressive i believe he's uh he's 13 and one now yeah and has most lost, of them are by finish most hasn't lost them. since back in 2017 at for combate yeah so three years undefeated so yeah i mean he in the ufc though he's now he's three and oh all by well two by finish there you go and then one by decision so uh, I definitely think there's. There if anything, are, one more fight and then top yeah, 15. Yeah, I, I don't have a like fight in mind. I don't want to oversell. Well, it's hard because like once you get outside of the rankings, which only go to 15, then you're yeah. like, do they really do 16, 17, 18? Yeah, I you think know, so, or is it far, just big so far I've noticed that like you tend to be all about like trying to give people, if they look impressive enough, no matter if it's someone who also is like kind of an unknown or whatever, or hasn't fought like high competition. You're mm -hmm. kind of like, well, why not give him a top 15? Well, for me, I'm always more like reserved about it, I guess. I usually I'm like, well, I don't know if he's there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, would not surprise me if he did just because Dana pretty much said as such that like, we'll see. Um, he doesn't tend to make those decisions himself anyways. It yeah. seems like. He trusts his matchmaker. Shout out quite Nick Maynard, Sean Shelby. Yep. So we'll see what happens with him there. But 
Oh, the second fight. Uh, Women's flyweight action. Shayna Dobson uh, gets the TKO finish in the second round over Maria Agapova. I'm just going to say it so nobody else will. I'll just, the elephant in the room here. I literally said on Friday's episode that I, I was like, I'm calling it. I said if I'm wrong, people can roast me. Well, I said I said it was a fight made for Maria to dominate, be a showcase. Round one, she looked solid. Back and forth, Back very and forth. crazy. Dobson got the takedown yeah, and stuff. But they had a crazy Agapova just looked nuts on the feet, like a little wild, too wild. Yeah, uh, Brad Okamoto was, tweeted last night, he said, the next time that uh, Agapova fights, can Bruce Buffer just announce her fighting style as street for Street Fighter? <laughs> yeah, it was exciting it was stuff, wild. though. But that second round was a complete smashing yeah. domination. Yeah. She went from looking relatively comfortable on the ground and, like, reversing and being able to get back up, etc. Second round, comes out swinging, gets taken down. Dobson dominated the whole second round. Controlled everything on the ground. And uh, it honestly looked like Agapovo. I'm not going to say she was gassed, but she wanted no part of it. Like oh, she, she, looked, she yeah. looked scared. She was getting pounded, and then the ref stepped in for a second yeah. round. So, TV. shout out Shayna Dobson, who was 1-3 in the UFC going into this a fight. plus 800 underdog. The biggest underdog, odds-wise, since Holly Holm against Ronda Rousey. So, man, or I should say the biggest underdog who actually won. Yeah, yeah. But, what, uh, an, what a... Freaking performance, yeah. really, by so, her. I shocking mean, everybody. Yeah, and we'll see what's next for both of them. I don't think Agapova is uh, done the, by any means. There's a lot of hype trains. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say they're getting shut down, but they're, they're stopping. And, you know, she's they're still, stopping at a train yeah. station and refueling because yeah, she's still 23. Yeah, very young. I'm sure she'll be back. Um, I don't. I'm, even though Shayna looked good, I I don't have as high of hopes for her prospects mm-hmm. in the future. I think this might have just been one of those. Well, and she's significantly older than Agapova, yeah, too. Yeah. So, um, and also this is another shout out to uh, Mick Maynard because Dana said that when he yeah. saw that fight was booked, he went, "What are we doing, guys?" I think he he said, "We I don't want to be like top ranked on my yeah. boxing." Yeah. And because um, he thought like on paper he's like Agapova's gonna. Yeah, smash this girl, and Mick said, "Trust me." He said, "I think Dobson's gonna win." Yeah, he's like, "I, I have a good feeling about it." And he should have placed a bet last night. I could, hey, somebody placed a twenty five thousand dollar bet on Agapova. That's just stupid. I don't understand. <laughs> with like hardly any payout. That tells me that there's someone with fuck you money who doesn't understand <laughs> betting, and they just throw a bunch of money at somebody. Now, if someone put twenty five k on Dobson, whoop. They had a pretty good morning when they woke Jesus, up today. Jesus, dude, you ain't kidding. But, yeah, overall. What an upset. Good fight. Great. Shout out Shane Dobson for overcoming the odds, shutting everybody up, yeah. and putting on a great performance. So our third fight, this was the one bumped from the... This uh, came from the prelims completely. Yeah. Uh, lightweight action, Joe Selecki gets the rear naked choke finish over Austin Hubbard in almost four minutes in the first round. Yeah, these are both really rising prospects yeah. for that division. So, uh, Dom, just tell everybody kind of what your thoughts were on the fight. Yeah, so it was three minutes and 51 seconds into the first round. Uh, not a whole lot of action, really, at first. There was a lot of clinch work. It got up to the cage. Um, Selecki was then able to, you know, maneuver around to where his back, he was between Hubbard and the cage, you know, so his back was on the cage, uh, wraps that arm around Hubbard's neck, got the body triangle, and then from there, squeezed so tight, dude, he never even made it to the ground. Hubbard was standing, uh, you know, standing up, and Selecki was on his back, he squeezed that rear naked, and he tapped within like five seconds. Yeah. It was over. Yeah. Selecki is a very promising prospect. Hubbard was as well, and I'm not saying he still doesn't have talent, mm-hmm. but Selecki looked really good. He looked really good. And uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of takeaway from this fight besides that I knew that I actually knew more about Austin Hubbard than I did Selecki going mm-hmm. in. And then leaving that fight, I'm like, I can't wait to watch Selecki fight next. Like, hopefully he I, gets a higher... I believe Selecki has, like, ten wins now or something. Yeah, I don't know exactly and what his I record think, is, but... if I remember correctly, seven of them are by finish, and five of those seven finishes are all rear naked chokes. Oh, really? So, you know, 
let's just say when he gets his arms right around your neck, you're either going to sleep or you're tapping. Yeah, and that's a lightweight division, a very talent-rich division. So, I'm, I'm, you know, there's some dogs that are outside of that top 15 that will be awaiting guys like Selecki and Hubbard as they make their way up. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, very enjoyable fight. I think out of the five, it was probably the least, like, action, I guess. Yeah. Um, it was it was kind of like a, I look at it like a calm before the, before the storm. Yeah. It was, like, very calm, not a whole lot happening. You said a lot of clinch work. And then boom. But then, boom, finish, done, pretty yeah. much. It was, it was a good display of talent. Like it's fun watching these up and comers, you know, mm-hmm. and seeing the talent that is going to take over yeah. these rankings of the UFC in two, three years. Yeah, it's exciting. I agree. So uh, moving on from there, our co-main event: the loser leaves the brand match. It's <laughs> basically <laughs> what uh, we're talking about. Uh, at least that's what we had been, you know, seeing. Seeing, you know. Uh, light heavyweight action. Mike Rodriguez got the KO win over Marcin Procnio in about two minutes, a little over two minutes. Yeah. So, uh, what were your thoughts on the fight? I put Mike dominated the clinch, dominated yeah. in all class. Yeah, all he caps. really did. It was honestly like it was a two-minute fight, and almost all two minutes were in the clinch. It was crazy. Yeah. They're going back and forth trading shots, but then all of a sudden, Mike gets it into the Muay Thai clinch where he's got both hands wrapped around the back of uh, Procnio's neck, he lands some big knees that definitely start the finishing sequence. You can see, like, Procnio's starting to change a little bit. You can tell he's damaged. Then he, like, stands up to, like, leave the clinch, and as he's trying to leave, Rodriguez hits him with an elbow. Oh, man, yeah. it was nasty. Yeah, that, Sat him down and then finished the fight. That elbow yeah. was nasty. It was nasty. He was out. As soon as oh, he hits yeah. floor and he still got hit with like two punches oh, yeah. on the ground. Rodriguez wasn't messing around. Yeah. Um, shout out to Rodriguez there, man. He was game. And Procnio, it just kind of, man, that guy just looks like he, uh, he looks like he needs to go back, uh, which is apparently might be the case. I Whoa. think, I mean, he went, he came from one FC. He so, was 4-0 in one FC, too. Yeah. And I don't know, like, how high he was in one FC. I don't know if he was just a prospect. Usually you don't see that, though. Yeah. Usually, if we're I feel getting, like in the other divisions, if you're not in the UFC, you're like a stud. Usually, when you when we see guys come from one FC or Pride, or sorry, not Pride, yes, back in the day, back but in the Bellator, day. yeah, or um, Ryzen, even yeah. with um, Prochaka, the light heavyweight, yeah, yeah, um, or even like PFL has had some guys come over. Yeah, they have great fighters there. Um, you usually see them as like being these big prospects or they're stars already. Yep. Talking about Michael Chandler might be coming over. That's a guy that's a star over there. Yeah. So with Procneo though, like I don't know if he really I don't remember hearing much about him when I when he came over, but he sure has not shown much to me to make me think that he's worthy of being in the UFC right now. Well yeah, that was his third fight in the UFC. He's 0 and three, all three losses by finish. So, something's got to change for him if he wants to get one more opportunity or, you know, they release him and he goes back down to the minor. I don't want to say minor leagues. That sounds mean. <laughs> I know what He goes mean, back down man. to another organization, you know, wh- whoever it may be, and see if he can find some success. He's 32, so um, definitely yeah. um, not The window promising. is closing. Yeah, but uh, there's really not – I mean, he's been finished in all three fights that he's yeah. had in the UFC. It'd be one quickly. thing if he's getting like these split decisions, close fights that are wars, yeah. but like he's just getting finished. Literally, all three fights have not gone past the first round. Yeah, I just I don't see it for him. Mike Rodriguez, on the other hand, he's thirty thirty-one. Um, he trains out of Lozon MMA, so he's got some nice training partners out there with mm-hmm. the Lozon boys. Um, but yeah, it was a big win for him. I I think it it was good it, it was good enough to where I think he can hang around for yeah. at least a couple more fights. Exactly. So, um, shout out to him. But uh, any other final thoughts on that fight? That elbow was nuts. Man. Yeah, he his like I don't you see a lot of clinch work, but you don't see a ton of like the muay thai where someone right. controls the head of the opponent and like hits these mm. big knees and stuff. But he did last night, and that was cool to see. Yeah, I agree. So. Moving on to our main event of the evening. It's crazy when the first four fights are all finishes. You can only talk yeah. about so and much. I know I've been like kind of giving you the floor here, and I'm going to do it again. 
because I know you had a lot of thoughts. Uh, for, just because, uh, just to let you guys know, like, uh, I had, a lot of bullet points here. Um, Dom picked me up before we recorded so we could get food. And as soon as I got in the car, first he was like, did you watch the fights? And yeah. I was like, yeah, I watched them this morning. And he's like, that decision was bullshit. Yeah. So uh, ah. Frankie Edgar ultimately got the split decision win over Munoz. But, and funny enough, you predicted that right. I, I did predict and an Edgar you're, decision. Yet you're upset. Yeah, that's definitely not. I don't think upset's the right word. I just, yeah, I like, just want you to, you were definitely just like, dude, I had it 4-1 Munoz. Yeah. Like Noah said, I scored the fight. I'm going to be honest. I had to, like, rewatch some moments of the fight and stuff and, like, look at stats because I almost had it 5-0. Right. Munoz. That's what she said. But the the one round I ended up giving to Frankie, making it 4-1 to one for Pedro, was the second round because that was his most uh, strikes that he outlanded. The difference of strikes, I guess, landed right. between the two. Um, I just feel like... First of all, shout out Frankie Edgar, 38 years old, finally getting to the weight class that he probably should have been at for years. And he hung in there regardless of if I think he won or lost with a top five stud that's on a tear, winning three of his last four fights against top guys. Frankie came out, put on a show. It was fight of the night, well-deserved. Five rounds, fast-paced, so many combinations and striking and... Just everything. It was a fantastic fight. But, I don't think that Munoz got the credit he deserved for controlling <coughs> the pace and the fight as a whole. Yeah. He cut off the octagon and had Frankie's back on the fence for 25 minutes. Frankie had to go where Pedro forced him to go. Now, granted, Frankie's the stud veteran who knows what he's doing, so he can land shots and land combos no matter if he's on his back foot if he's working to the left working to the right it doesn't matter but i just feel like if we're talking bigger shots it was pedro the leg kicks pedro landed were brutal frankie's left leg today he ain't walking i guarantee you that because these leg kicks were very 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 vicious leg kicks um but every round was back and forth i will say the one advantage and uh kamaru usman did a great breakdown of this last night in the post-fight stuff with Karen O'Brien. He basically said that Frankie was landing these three or four punch combinations. So if you're a judge, you're seeing it and you're like, oh wow, look, you know, look at all these shots. Now maybe only one or two out of the three or four landed, but Munoz was doing these one or two punch power shots and landing big time like it was crazy so bigger shots went to Munoz the octagon control went to Munoz and uh, I, I don't want to call it a robbery because you know how we always talk about yeah. the robberies and I don't I don't like saying that unless it's like a really obvious right so I'm not upset that Frankie won it just sucks for a guy like Pedro that was on a roll top five fighting a veteran a legend of the UFC and in my opinion, one, it, like even if I scored at four to one, there's no way he didn't win at least three. So for two judges to say that he only won two rounds is crazy, because the one judge that gave the fight to Pedro had it four to one. So I just went on a really long tangent, and I'm like not upset. I promise. I was just very surprised with the decision. Yeah. But I'll let you fill in now. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I also had it scored for, um, for Munoz. Munoz, but I think I had it three two. Um, I definitely thought it was really close, and my big reason for giving it to Munoz was definitely that control. Yeah, and just crazy. the harder shots. Yeah, I thought Frankie looked great to hang in there, and he was taking punches that you had seen put out Cody Garbrandt, guys like that. You know, Frankie had been looking suspect with the chin the last for the last year, so yeah, no he kid. looked a lot better than I thought he was going to in this fight. Well, usually when you're dropping weight, your yeah. chin's supposed to get worse, and he was eating yeah. some heavy hands. Yeah, and I mean, Frankie looked great too. He was also landing good shots and using that quick footwork to. It was very fast paced. Yeah, very fast paced. 
Um, he definitely looked like he was the fresher fighter by the end, I thought. Um, so I definitely thought, like, he... I, it looked like he somehow, even if Munoz, I thought, was landing the better shots, I thought Frankie had... Um, basically, I thought Frankie was, like, wearing down Munoz more than Munoz was wearing down Frankie. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think that's where, as we mentioned Friday... Frankie has been in so many decisions, the most octagon fight time of any fighter in UFC history. So, like, I don't want to say it's the experience thing, because obviously if you get hit in the face, it doesn't matter how many fights you've had. But the fact that he didn't tire uh, at all, not that Pedro looked, like, sloppy at the end, but he was definitely fatigued more than Frankie. And I think that's just where all the fight comes into play. Like, all the hours, literally hours that he's fought in that octagon. It showed, and his cardio is incredible. Thirty-eight years old, man. Yeah. You like no matter if I think he won or lost, he looked great, and I and can't it was take a that great away from fight. It was, it was an incredible. And it just fight. It, it just again shows the like, just the fucking like heart of Frankie Edgar. Yeah, think of those wars he's been in over the years. Yeah, he has. You you mentioned it on Friday. The most time in the octagon of any UFC fighter. Yeah, I don't even know if it's close. And guess what? He just went five yeah, rounds. Yeah, there's twenty five so, more minutes. Yeah, so there's a, there's a few more for you. So ultimately, like, I think what what surprised me was, I was curious how many people online were gonna be calling it like a bullshit yeah. like uh, decision because that I swear I didn't see much of that. No, everybody was just giving uh, Edgar his props, which. Hit. There you go. That yeah. I mean, if that doesn't say enough about this, really Frankie, felt like a fight. Even though Munoz lost, I feel like both guys kind of won. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like they both looked great. Not neither guy really showed much flaw in their performance. Like, yeah, I thought Munoz won, but really both guys kind of won in my eyes because I thought Munoz was going to come in and pretty much steamroll mm-hmm. Edgar, or at least finish him. Well, I mean, even for a guy like Pedro. Losing obviously, Frankie was unranked. His first fight at 135, he lost to a legend, yeah. former champion at 155, title contender at 145. So like, even that he loses, he was ranked fifth, so he'll lose a couple spots, obviously. But like, at the end of the day, he's still going to be two fights away from a title fight, yeah. two wins away, I should say. I agree. You know, so it sucks for him because again, I think that he did win, and obviously he thought he won, but. You know, it is what it is. So overall, who do you think is next for these two guys? Let me pull up my list here. Well, I'll go first then. So for me, Munoz coming into this fight was a number five ranked bantamweight. Yep. So you have to assume that Frankie's probably going to jump him and be number five now. He'll be, yeah, he'll be right up there. So um, ultimately, though, I don't think Frankie should be fighting a guy like Rice. Aljamain Cody or Sandhagen right now. I know those guys are all booked for fights anyways. I have two guys in my Um, head. I think Jose Aldo for a third time. These guys have fought twice before at 145 pounds. When Jose, first time when Jose was the uh, dominant champion. And Frankie, it was his first fight at featherweight back in 2013. And then the second time was at UFC 200. Yeah. And what I can't, I still can't remember correctly. Uh, Decision. Right, but you thought it was for the interim belt, and I was skeptical of that. I, but it could have been either way. It kind of ended up being. It was a five round fight. It ended up kind of being for that, anyways, because yeah. look at what happened afterwards. Yeah. With Connor ended up getting stripped and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So Aldo's gotten both wins. Yeah. But in these decision fights, those close fights, decisions. Yeah. The first fight probably not as close because that's when Aldo was on top. Yeah. Of I don't really world. think either fight was very close, but I wouldn't mind seeing it again. At a new weight class for both yeah, of them. Yeah, at a, at a weight class that feels proper for both of them at this point in their career. Yeah. They're legends. They're older. Like, Aldo but, coming but both, off. But both very competitive. Yeah, and Aldo just fought for a title at this weight class. <laughs> yes, he did. Which is, I mean, I don't, we'll get into which that. Which is a little wild. Yeah, but, I don't want to get into that. But um, The other matchup would be against someone like Dominic Cruz. Yes, those are the two um, people that Technically, Dominic Cruz is ranked 11th. That's... But I... I think that that's a bit of a false ranking there, considering. I get it, like you like. I mean, I think he should definitely be at least like number eight. 
or nine. Yeah, I think that's crazy. I mean, and it is, he lost to Sahuda. I mean, he literally like, hasn't. That's the champ. The it was problem, the champ. The problem just is that he's not fought, been active enough. Yeah. Now, I think that'd be a really tough fight for Frankie. Yeah. I think that's a very tough fight for him. Dominic Cruz is a tough fight for everybody. And Dominic Cruz has said that now that he's like kind of back or whatever, he said that he only wants to fight names. Yeah, like legacy fights. Yeah, he doesn't really he doesn't have much interest in fighting a guy like Jimmy Rivera or Rob Font or Cody Stamen or Marab Davalishvili or someone like that. He wants to fight guys with some credibility to him, some yeah. name to him, legacy fights, like you just said. Yeah, well, Dominic Cruz has nothing left to prove at Bantamweight because he's considered the best Bantamweight ever. Um, But what better Frankie wants a title shot. Now, I still think by either beating Jose or Dominic Cruz, then he's just one fight away from a title shot. What better fight to really make a statement there? Exactly. You know what I mean? And all three of those dudes are legends. Yeah. So they're all like legacy fights regardless of the outcome. So, those are the two matchups that interest me. Um, I, I just don't imagine, even though he won, I don't imagine Frankie jumping ahead to either of the four guys in front of him because, really, they're all booked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on the other end of this decision... I got two names for Munoz. For Munoz, I'm, the big one for me would be Jimmy Rivera. Yep. Um, that's a good matchup on paper. Um, Pedro has some power in his shots. Rivera is that technical point fighter. Yeah, and um, it might end up being kind of a dull fight. You never know because Jimmy, I wouldn't say he puts on the most exciting no, of fights. He's not the. But, he's a point fighter. Yeah, but I, I, hey, respect. Not that I'm like respect the hustle though. Yeah, you know that guy yeah. is. He, I, one time I thought he, when, when we saw him in Cleveland, I thought he was going to be. He was undefeated champ. when we saw him. I thought he was going to end up being champ. Yeah, and now he has four losses. But yeah, I digress. But uh, the other name would be um, a Sun Sal for me. Yeah. Coming off of a loss yeah. to Cody. Munoz beat Cody. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say maybe Cody Stamen, but, you know, well, I, either one there. I like Stamen as well, but I, I I know this is, like, unrelated. But, like, uh, for Cheeto Vera, I want I want uh, him to fight, like, yeah. a Rob Font or a Stamen. So that's why I said gotcha. a Sun Sal. Yeah, or, no, for sure. Uh, Jimmy, but, yeah. Yeah, so overall... I mean, we both basically agree on both guys. Yeah, so. I think that they're both in pretty decent spots, though. I mean, Munoz is fine. He'll yeah, be again, like I said, he's going to move back to maybe six or seven at yeah. the most. And that's a this talent, shouldn't go more than that's that. That's a talent stack division. Yeah, so two wins, title shot. Yeah, you know? potentially. Frankie, maybe one win and a title shot. You know how the UFC is. Yeah. I, I would say personally Frankie, win two more. Frankie, it's but. kind of been an ongoing... It used to be more of a joke back... Uh, in the early days of MMA Twitter, that Frankie was the guy that just always got title shots. Yeah, yeah. So I have no interest in ever seeing him in a title fight again. But, if he, he, but gets, if he proves it, yeah, exactly. I mean, I ain't gonna deny him. Yeah. But for now, I, I have no interest in that right now. Right. But we'll see. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. This this division right now is on fire. Agreed. You could say this is the hottest in the UFC Agreed. right now. It, it definitely, I would probably say, is just because of how much uh, a lot of moving pieces, how much movement is yeah. going on at the top. Yep. That welterweight, really, even yeah. though lightweight lightweight might still be the most stacked. Yeah. Um, right. It's just been moving at a more slower pace. Would you exactly. have a guy like Khabib? these dudes in bantamweight? <laughs> there's big fights yeah. all the time. Yeah. The whole top ten. So uh, yeah, that was UFC Vegas seven. That's the recap. Yeah, fight of the night definitely was oh, our main event. Yeah, we wanted to. Start uh, we didn't mention this in our last recap, but we want to mention what we thought was fight of the night. And then so also, not necessarily what the UFC announced. Yeah. But we want to say who we thought. It and was. then also who our fighter of the night was. Yes. Yeah. So for me and for you, main event fight of the fight night. Of the night yeah, Frankie Edgar beat Pedro Munoz. Yeah. My fighter of the night, I got to give it to Shayna Dobson. Same. Yeah, I agree. I have to just because I counted her so far out. Who didn't? And she really went in there and proved me and everybody really Yeah, wrong. and she didn't just win some decision. She finished. I was very tempted young. to go Daniel Rodriguez, but I, uh, I couldn't just because of what I said about yeah. Shayna going in. And Shout out Shayna Dobson, our Below Average Joe's UFC podcast consensus fighter. 
of, of the, the night. night at UFC Vegas yeah. 7. Kind of like, think about what the UFC does equivalent to their performance of the night bonuses. Yeah. We're giving out awards. It's like our fighter of the night. Just who had who stuck out to us as being the biggest winner yeah. of the night kind of thing. Definitely Shane Adobson. So, uh, yeah, that was UFC Vegas 7. There um, it is. Very great card, though. We hope you all enjoyed the preview, and we hope that it... it Gave you guys some hype. Yeah, despite, and I hope I hoped you guys watched the fights. I mean, cause... despite uh, like, you know, we were really proud of Friday's episode, and I'm still very arguably proud. our best episode. And I'm very proud of it. It's yeah. a shame that two fights fell. Out. Two fights fell out that we really, especially want the first one where we really went hard on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the fight game for you. Now, I will say that. At first, I was like, man, these two fights, this fight looks like... Because really, the card was kind of a disaster in a yeah. sense. Because Prelims and Dana was card. even talking about seven members of the production crew tested positive, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they were like just... This is probably their all-around worst week it was, of Yeah, the, the worst card that's been, like, when it comes to COVID. And it didn't but stop But really, them, did it deliver? And Dana said he's like, every every fighter on that card's getting a bonus. Yeah, he's writing me. extra checks for a bunch of people. For so everybody, I think. That's, that's freaking awesome. So, what a guy, right? What a guy. What a night of fights. Yeah. I, I hope our listeners, or at least some of them, got to enjoy them as much as we did. Yeah. And uh, also, shout out Mac Malley, right? Shout out. This is kind of a big deal for us. Yeah, go ahead. And, go ahead. And, this was your doing. I want to hear you talk about it. Shout out to you. I would have never found the Twitch chat. So it's, yeah. it's a team thing. So our boys over at MMA On Point. If you guys have never watched MMA On Point, by the way, go check yeah, them they're out. They're the biggest uh, MMA-related YouTube channel on YouTube. So I feel like the majority of people who find us will probably already know who they are. But for a lot of our friends and people yeah. that kind of just listen to us for UFC. Shout out. Like if we ever get to work with MMA On Point <laughs> – that would be well, awesome. Well, I, I, I just want to, awesome. if you're someone that likes top 10 list and um, they do, they do live history of the, they do like, live chats. They go very yeah, in depth and stuff. everything. Great Crazy. channel. Really like those guys, but they have a Twitch. Uh, they start doing Twitch channel. Yep. Um, playing UFC three and now UFC four. Yep. Uh, video game. And they teamed up Mac Malley, who's a, the Twitter MMA Goat. <laughs> Goat, really, yeah. yeah, I guess that's what you I mean, he's it. pretty much like the top dog of MMA yeah, Twitter. Yeah, anybody here that's in, uh, involved with the MMA community on Twitter, you probably know who Mac Malley yeah. is. And um, he had been hired by MMA on Point recently to handle their social media. So then that turned into he was like doing these Twitch streams yep, for him. because he's always been like um, playing UFC video yeah. games. And so he's really good at them too, yeah. technically, as far as rankings worldwide. Yeah. Um, so I had had this idea when we first started the podcast because they, at the time, they had just started them and they hadn't started publicizing them on their yeah, YouTube channel. Yeah, a brand new community, close knit, not many people. So there involved. wasn't a lot of people like at all that were listening compared yeah. to how many subscribers yeah, they have and whatnot. For sure. So it was very tight knit, close. So for a while, I would be like kind of like engaging with some of the people in the comments. And I told Dom, I was like, I think I might throw a plug in there. Or yeah. something, something to try just to just to like, not to like take credit away for them or like take attention away from MMA on point, but like let the community know that like, hey, we're we're if you want to support something that's yeah, UFC like, related, we think we would interest you basically. Yeah. And I never actually pulled the trigger on it though, and then you did it on Friday. So Friday go ahead night, and talk I, about that. I was just I watched the whole stream. It was like four hours. It was so fun. They're very engaged with the chat. Yeah. which is fun. So I was asking a bunch of questions with uh, Mac Malley and Jason and everybody in the stream. So everybody's just commenting, you know, who's going to fight who, all that fun stuff. And I mentioned to Mac Malley, hey, you know, me and my buddy started this new UFC-focused podcast. Would love to just share it with the community. You know, not try- again, not trying to take away any credit from them because it's their night. It's their stream, whatever. Right. He's like, yeah, man, you know, tweet it over at me. I'd be happy to look at it and retweet it for you guys. And, I mean, shout out to Mac Malley because he looked at the tweet. He, he gave us a retweet. He liked it. A ton of people got to see the tweet and, and visited he followed, the he link. Followed, he followed Yeah, you. Mac Malley followed me on Twitter. He liked your tweet as well. Yeah, I replied. So, Mac Malley's the man, and that was just kind of a big deal. For us, I didn't, get, I didn't get a follow from Mike Malley, so that's yeah, next. It, for that's me. next. Yeah, but, but like right now for us, it's the little things that matter. So like, we're two weeks in, and our girl Megan O'Levy 
through us on our Instagram story. Yeah. Matt Malley's tweeting us on Twitter, so... You know, it's just the little things right now means yeah. a ton. And and most importantly, thank you guys for your constant exactly, support. Man. We've been uh, very, we're still just blown, blown away. away. Uh, yeah. 29 subscribers as of uh, Sunday. Sunday the 23rd. 20, 23rd. Yeah. Um, so and less than two two weeks in. Total, view, total viewership over our six videos has been close to. We're like over 500 now, yeah, I believe. Over the course of six videos. So um, very proud of that. Uh, but yeah, if you guys love this, just keep letting us know like things you want to see us yeah, do. Yeah, that's what um, I want a lot. Yeah, let like, us know what you want us to make. Podcasts even if you on. want, even if you want to just ask us questions, we'll answer it in a. We'll answer it in. Put yeah, a we'll time. have a Q and A podcast yeah. or a live stream or, or even just if we're only getting like one or two, we'll answer them on the podcast if it's something that you want to know specifically. Yeah, because I'd love to just engage with some of. Yeah, them. right now it's really like building our podcast community yeah in a way you know? yeah. And so far it's been great and i know it's only going to keep getting better yeah and um i do want to point out that dom has been doing a good job of in the description of this video you can find timestamps and yes. moving forward and if you go back to some of our previous ones uh, there are timestamps for the start of our news segments and then the start of either if it's our breakdown or if it's yep. our recap so that way if you're someone who maybe has more of an interest in one or the other um you can start at that point or if it's something, you know, if maybe you want to watch one at the time and come back later. If yeah. you want to skip a lot of the intro and a lot of what we're doing right now, yeah, uh, that's a way for you to do it. And you can literally, in the description, click right on that time and it takes you there in the video. Yeah. You don't have to, like, scroll yeah. along the bar to get so there. So take full use of that if that's what you want to do. I understand completely that not everybody has uh, an hour and a half or give yeah. or take to... Sit there. I'm a guy that splits up podcasts when I yeah, listen to I them. I do too. In different uh, sittings. So. Yeah, a lot of it depends. So uh, overall, thank you guys for the support. Uh, Dom, tell the people where they can find you on social media. For me personally, it's going to be dcle 14 on Instagram and Twitter. As always, be sure to follow our podcast Instagram, mm -hmm. below average Joe's underscore podcast. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ntbaker underscore. And for the rest of the week... Wednesday, we're taking a trip down memory lane. Oh, yeah. We're going in the time machine back to a, a simpler time. Simpler time. September 2016, basically the start of our college career. Yeah. And uh, we went to, went to Cleveland, Ohio for UFC 203, Stipe, first title defense against Alistair Overeem. Um, we went with two of our buddies. Shout out to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, we're basically, we're going to bring you guys all over to the reading rug. Um, like they did back in grade school, back when you, I don't know if you guys had the cards. It's like the green cards, and you, you were bad, so you flipped it to yellow or red. If it was like, really bad. If it was red. fucking blue, it's like you can't go out the recess. And I was like, damn, bro, I was like, I'm missing out on recess. But this time you're going to want to be after recess, out yeah, because you get to fucking hear this story. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's definitely a personal thing for us to talk yeah. about it. Like, it's something that we just really. Like, it's one of our favorite... Yeah, more getting to know us type right. of episode. But I, I promised that the day was just so nuts. Yeah. Just so much silly. happened that I, I think you guys will enjoy it quite a bit. And, um, yeah, we're going to enjoy talking about yeah. it. Yeah, and for anyone that's, like, ever been to a UFC event, let us know. Or for anyone who's ever interested in going, once we're allowed to have crowds in stadiums again, mm -hmm. you're going to want to tune in and just... It's incredible. I can't wait to go over it. Yeah. And then Friday... Our breakdown, yep. UFC Vegas 8 yep. at the Apex. UFC just keeps churning them out, baby. Yep, Anthony Lionheart-Smith is back. He's back. Going up against Alexander Rakic. It's a and big one at light heavyweight. Co-main ruthless Robbie Lawler versus Neil Magny. Oh, man. So excited for those this two fights. This is a good fight night. Yeah, so I'll be very excited to break that down with you, and we'll also talk about the news that comes out between now and then. And, um, yeah, that's it. We're out. And we'll see y'all on Wednesday.